You're listening to the Van Moody Podcast. Our passion is transforming the world by transforming lives. In today's episode, we'll continue in our Get Closer series with part four. Pastor Aaron Frazier will delve into Hosea's story and what it reveals about God's plans for our lives and our obedience to them. Let's get started. Happy Sunday, family. TWC is always a joy. You know, I say this every week, but I say it because I can't take this for granted. Every opportunity that God gives us to gather together is an extreme honor and privilege. So TWC family, we love you. We miss you. Can't wait for us to gather together soon back in the sanctuary. But also to our extended family, those of you that may be joining us from a variety of cities and states and countries, wherever you are around the world, we are so honored to have you. Thank you for spending your Sunday with us. I hope and pray that something's already been said and done that's added value to your life. And I'm super excited about what's going to happen through uh, this moment of sharing the word of God. And I believe that God is going to speak in a very clear way. Now, we are in a summer initiative called Get Closer. This summer, our entire TWC community is really only focused on one thing, and that is getting closer to God by doing our soap devotion daily, spending time with God daily, doing our soap devotion, and then simply talking about it with our family and friends. Now, we've got a number of people that are already on this summer initiative journey with us, but let me say this. If you're not, don't be daunted by it. You can get started today. All you got to do is go out to our website, grab your secret place, devotional and journal, look up the soap readings for that day, and then talk about it with your family and friends. As a matter of fact, invite them on this summer initiative with you. It's going to be incredible. And in addition to our summer initiative, we're also in a summer teaching series that coincides. And so myself, along with our teaching team, every Sunday we are sharing from that day's soap devotional reading. So I'm excited as we get ready to jump into the Word of God today because Pastor Aaron Frazier, here's our Derby campus pastor, he's an amazing leader and part of our pastoral team, is going to share the Word of God with you and you are going to be blessed. So get ready as we continue this teaching series, get closer. I hope you've got your soap devotion, your secret place, and you're ready to jump into the Word because Pastor Aaron is ready. Receive him now. Well, good morning, everybody, and we're so grateful that you are joining us again today. We're so happy to have you all um, joining us on this um, series. This has been an amazing time. I don't know if you've been able to join with us and uh, enjoy this time with your families and loved ones, but uh, we want to, first of all, also tell you happy Fourth of July. I pray that everybody's enjoying um, this time away and summer vacations and things like that, and um but also that we get an opportunity to get closer. This series has been amazing, and I pray that it's been a blessing to you as well uh, to be able to share with your loved ones um, some of the things that God has been sharing with you, um, revelations and unique insights that God has just been depositing into you. And so really grateful uh, for the opportunity to be able to share with you all this morning. Um, so it's a bishop. God bless you. Thank you so much um, for everything that you've been doing um, to help us and to guide us in this endeavor. So without that, without getting any further away. So let's uh, go ahead and dive into our text this morning. Um, if you've been following along with us as we've been reading through the Bible, I um, want to show you all that how the Lord has been speaking 
um, and spoke with us through Hosea, the book of Hosea. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you can follow along with us, uh, follow along with me um, today. And so uh, beginning in the first chapter of Hosea in the first verse, it says, the word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Beri, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord had said to him, go, marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. As we look at this scripture, well, I want you to note that there are just three verses. There's three verses. Um, when we're, and it has a lot packed into these three verses. There's so many takeaways that really God is wanting to share with each and one of, every one of us this morning. Um, one of the things that God really was revealing is that the Bible in itself um, is a book. It's a, it's a book. All 66 book, books actually talk about a story. Um, and what you have here in Hosea is a story, but, but all of these stories make up one big story. It's a love story. It's a love story between God and mankind. This is about the story that God's love has for mankind, how God loves mankind. And so if you start to look at it in terms of a story, you start to realize that that there has to be that there is a connection between two lovers. There's a between God and between mankind, between God and his creation. There's this love, this love, this connection between the two. And so within this love story, as you've been reading, if you've been reading with us beginning at the beginning of the year, as we started in Genesis and, and as we were, as we've been moving through um, this entire uh, Bible, Within this love story, God enters into a relationship, in particular, a covenant with mankind. And you see this covenant in different ways and in different, um, in different forms, in different ways, uh, through different individuals. In particular, uh, there's a, a covenant with Abraham. Um, there's also a covenant with David where God promises and God agrees to bless his people. And so through Abraham, God promises to bless Abraham and his children and every generation that comes after him. Um, through David, God promises that David's seed would always have a seat on the throne and, and that his kingdom would have no end. And so uh, God has entered into this covenantal relationship with mankind, uh, with men in particular, uh, throughout the Bible. And so there's a key word, as you've been hearing, is covenant. This, this agreement between individuals, two parties. God will always uphold his end of the covenant. Question then becomes, do we? Does mankind? So let's look at this. Uh, because this, this term and this thought of a covenant is going to come back up again. So let's look at verse 1. 
In the book of Hosea, verse one says this, the word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Beri, in the days of kings Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah of Judah, and in the days of King Jeroboam, son of Joash of Israel. So look, there's a lot of actually important background and context where uh, we need to talk about this, where the prophet Hosea actually lies within this story. There's kings, there's rulers. As a matter of fact, the, the, the kingdom of Israel, Israel has split at this point. There's a northern kingdom of Israel. There's a southern kingdom of Judah. They're still all God's people. They're still all of the 12 tribes of, uh, of, of Jacob. But the thing is, is that there has uh, become a split between the two. So you have a northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. David, uh, in particular, his seed, as you as um, I made reference to, you can read about that um, in Second Samuel seven. But in in in, in reference to this, the, the kings of Judah all are, fall along the lineage of King David. But then you have the Northern Kingdom, and those have different lineages. They come from all over the place. Um, and so, as you read about this, you start to read about God's chosen people. Israel is God's chosen people. God loves them. But because of sin, there are these breaking and reforming of relationships between God and his people. Uh, there's, as you read throughout the whole, the Old Testament, you can read it, um, even going back to back in the, the, the days in the wilderness, when they were wandering around the wilderness, as they got into the promised land, as they, and in these kings, as you, as you begin to see, there is these breaking and reforming of, of the relationship. Um, you would see how God would demonstrate his love and his power um, to his people, Israel. And then you would see how Israel would go and they would do, do their own thing. Forget about God. And then they get in trouble. And so then they would cry out. Then they would realize their sin or, um, and at some time, and after some time, you know, uh, God would then remind them about his love and remind them about his power and his sovereignty. And then Israel would remember that and then fall back in love with God again. And then, you know, the relationship would be reformed. And then sometime again, you see the cycle breaking and reforming, breaking and reforming. There is this off and on, on again, off again type of relationship between God and his people. But in particular, it wasn't that God fell out of love with his people. God was always consistent. God is always consistent about his love for his people. But see, during the time of these kings in particular in Israel, the northern kingdom strayed away. They strayed away and they stayed away now for some time. Um, the southern kingdom of Judah would too and eventually, unfortunately, would follow in the footsteps of the northern kingdom as well. They were being influenced by everything around them, by all the other uh, tribes and kingdoms that were around them, all the other uh, people in the area. They were influenced by them. So then at some point, instead of serving the one true and living God, they begin to serve these false idol gods. Well, the thing is, is that when they do this, they break the covenant that they had already established with God. Y'all remember the Ten Commandments. This is a part of this covenant. One of those is thou shall not have any other gods before me. So immediately, once they serve these other idol gods, they're breaking this covenant relationship with God. 
Hmm. So as a result of this, these kings, these kings become the individuals that lead Israel astray. When Judah had good kings, Judah was falling in line. When, king, when uh, uh, Israel has bad kings, the people go and do whatever it is that they wanted to do. So then what's going on? God entered into a covenant to bless his people. He enters into a covenant to bless his people because he loves them. But the people then ultimately have to determine, do they want to serve him or not? They, in this, in this sense, would rather serve other gods, and they consistently break this covenant. So then what does God do? God, in his love, gets their attention. I want, you to, I want you to understand this. This is really, really important because God has been trying to get our attention in the same way. He's been trying to tell us, listen, you're going the wrong way. You're doing things the wrong way. You're, you're, you, you need to look to me. I am the answer. I am the answer. I am the answer. I am the way. You need to understand I am here for you. I love you. I'm here for you. You're going the wrong way. And that's what's wonderful about God is that at that time when we're going the wrong way, that time when we are just in our own head about things, God will send the right person at the right time to get our attention. God will send the right person at the right time to remind us, remind you, and inform us and alert us about who God really is. So this is the place where we land in our text this morning. God has raised up a man and his name is Hosea, to prophesy, to preach, and to alert, and to remind God's people about who God really is. Because God has demonstrated so much love to us. We have to be in this place as well. We have to be willing to let God use us to get our attention, to get the, the attention of those around us as well. So this is what I really want you to know. Allow God to use your life to tell the world about his love. Allow God to use your life to tell the world about his love. And this leads us to the first point for today. All of this was in context as we've been doing your soap devotion. If you're following along, that was in terms of our observation. And so in terms of our observation, we're starting to look, we also look at this. First of all, I want you to understand this. Externalize your heart for God. Externalize your heart for God. In order to allow God to use all parts of your life, you have to externalize your heart for God. Verse two says it like this. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. Hosea has a unique position to hear God tell him to do something. Okay. 
But unlike some of the other prophets that maybe you've heard about and you've read about, uh, God first gives his instruction to Hosea to prophesy not by mouth, but to prophesy by deeds, prophesy by action. See, there is a message that God wants Israel to know about. And rather than tell his prophets, Hosea, tell his prophet Hosea to preach it by mouth, he initially tells him to preach it by deeds. God tells Hosea, go and find a, a promiscuous woman or a prostitute, okay? And what does Hosea do? He goes and finds a prostitute named Gomer. God tells Hosea to marry her. What does Hosea do? Hosea marries Gomer. God tells Hosea to have children with her. What does Hosea and Gomer do together? They actually have three children as you read through this first chapter. God even tells Hosea to name his children certain uh, uh, names, Jezreel and Lo-Ruhamah and Lo-Ami, and he names them those names. And so notice what the text is. This is what I want you to, really want you to understand. Notice what the text does not say here. It does not say uh, after God tells Hosea to do these things that it doesn't say that Hosea puts up a fight and uh, he kicks and screams and he says, but why God? And uh, he doesn't say, or he doesn't try to take it and put it on the back shelf. He doesn't wait and do it later. Um, what does he do? He goes and does what God tells him to do. And I believe that's, in, in fact, that's what's really important. I want you to understand this about what the scripture, it doesn't say is so important is because it reflects his obedient heart. It reflects Hosea's obedient heart to God. Hmm. An obedient heart to God. What was inside of him? What was inside of his heart? Hosea externalized through his actions. What was inside of his heart, he externalized through his actions. We can read about this also. Paul wrote in, in, in Romans 6 and 17, he says, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart. There it is, right? The pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. And so understand what was inside of Hosea's heart to do. He allowed God to use him and he externalized it so that he would then go and share that with the world, share that with Israel. And so the first point that if, if you want, if in order to allow God to use you to share his love, you have to be able be willing to externalize what's inside of your heart. The second thing is that you have to realize your impact, externalize what's in your heart, but then realize your impact. See, your life was meant to be impactful. You're not just here on this earth to be like everybody else and to do things like everybody else. That was actually the issue. Israel saw what everybody else was doing and said, you know what? That's actually better than serving God. 
Mm. See, the thing is, your life matters to God. You matter to God. And you matter in his kingdom. And when you give your life to Christ, for those of you all that if you gave your life to Christ, heaven actually rejoiced. So the fact is in your decision making, even when you said, you, well, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that was such a big deal that the entirety of heaven rejoiced. Mm. So the fact is, is that when you fed hungry people, when you helped the poor, when you visited the sick, even Jesus says it like this in Matthew 25, that that when you did this, you did it unto him. It was is such a big deal. Your life matters. What you do matters. So understand what Jose was asked to do. God tells him to go and find a prostitute, marry her and have children with her. But then God in his, in his wonderful and infinite wisdom reveals the real reason behind it. For like an adulterous wife, in verse 2 of Hosea 1, for like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. And in verse 3, so he married Gomer, a a daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. God didn't say go and do whatever you want. God didn't say go and do whatever you desire. Why? Why? Because God, what God wants for us is actually much bigger than us. And that's why it's so important to realize your impact. Because I'm, I'm sorry to say this, I might bust somebody's bubble today, but your life is not about you. Your life is not about you. Your life is bigger than you. Your impact to this world it's not about how you feel all the time. It's not about how uh, uh, what other people may say about you. But your impact has to do with everybody else that's around you. See, many of us actually know what this means, right? We make decisions every day. And there are so many times when we make decisions, it, it seems like it has to do about us in the moment. You know, what we want to eat, what we want to wear, what we want to do. But there are times when There are many, many actually times when the decisions that we make are much bigger than us. God may give you something to do or give you something to say, but it won't have to do with how you feel in the moment. It has something to do with something much bigger. And I was reminded and God reminded me of the time of how when my wife and I, when we bought our house, we bought our house some years ago. And when we bought our house, we, we, we bought what we thought was a fixer-upper, right? We were determined we were going to buy a house. We were going to do some things to it um, to make it our own. And so we did this. And let me just say this as a little side note. For those of you all that watch HGTV and you see all these other uh, shows and they show you how in 30 minutes your whole house can be flipped, I'm going to tell you right now, it's, that's not true. Uh, the devil is a lie. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now to do something like that is a complete undertaking. Um, and it took it took weeks and really and we did it in phases. So it actually lasted for us years. And so um, to do something this massive in this grand of a scale was really a big undertaking. Well, we finally got to the place where we could 
go and to do our basement. Our basement was unfinished. And so our basement was initially finished. We unfinished it. Um, but the time was the time became for us to refinish our basement. And so when we made this decision, we we had planned it and, and designed it out. My wife had all the all the details about what she wanted to put into it. And so well, that's what we did. We did. We hired somebody. They came in. They did it and they fixed it up. And it was oh, finally, when we finally finished our basement, it was like a oh, when we finally were able to sit down in our basement to enjoy our basement. The thing is, is that when we did this, it was to our liking. It was to. Uh, what we thought was going to feel good to us. You know, we could we could see the possibilities of maybe even doing something more with it. But it really was about our specifications. What what was important to us? And then we had children and God blessed us to have these children. But I'm but the Lord reminded me about how. Last year, um, actually, back in December, uh, our son was born. Our, our daughter, Candace, was born in, in 2019. And, and then our, our son, Caleb, was born in 2020 in December. And so uh, our, our life has completely changed and it's so wonderful and it's so amazing now. Um, but what was really, really special was that after our children, they were born. After our children were, were born, um, they had an opportunity, our parents, had an opportunity to come and stay with us. And because of that, they, we got an opportunity that we didn't realize how impactful it was going to be. See, the thing is, is that my father-in-law passed away. My father-in-law passed away a few months ago. And so my son, Caleb, is um, now seven months old. And so he, my, meaning my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, they came and they were able to, to stay with us uh, for a, a little bit. Um, my father-in-law, for those of y'all didn't know, he he battled cancer for 11 years. And so the fact that he was battling cancer for 11 years, sick and in and out of the hospital and feeling good, feeling bad, feeling terrible, feeling worse, um, to have the opportunity for him to come and not just to come and to visit and then have to go back home. See, this was the last time that he was going to be able to stay somewhere overnight other than a hospital room. It was an opportunity he was going to be able to enjoy and be with his children. Matter of fact, this was going to be the opportunity that he was going to, to be with his grandson and his granddaughter. And see, we get a chance to look back on that. We realize, see, we thought the trip for them to come was to be a blessing to us. And, and we also thought that our basement was about our specifications but we didn't realize the bigger impact that it was going to have on our family. So now when we go into our basement, we can think about the times and think about the impact that it had on our family. See, our lives are not our own. We don't exist for our own pleasure. See, doing your soap devotion even, it's not even about just you. It's about an opportunity for you to share God's word. So, so I want you to understand that when you realize your impact, that when you're spending time with God, you're changing the world around you. You're the light that Jesus talked about. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. See, light isn't something that's isolated in one particular spot necessarily. 
I, a light will impact some other area. Light is meant to be shared. Light impacts. Understand it like this. Jeremiah even said it. Uh, Lord, uh, I know, Lord, that our lives and are not our own, but we are able to, we are not able to plan our own course, which is Jeremiah 10 and 23. So, when we're doing our soap and we're going in our reading, we're spending our time with God as Hosea is, is doing what God is telling him to do. He's realizing his impact when, when God is showing and revealing to him his purpose, this purpose, he is changing lives. God is using him to change lives. God is using you to impact your home and your office and your families. God is using you to change uh, in, in, in situations where people are depressed and anxious. People are sad. People are grieving and mourning. People, God is using you. So realize your impact. And so lastly, recognize your covering. First, externalize what's in your heart. Externalize your love for God. Secondly, realize your impact. And third, recognize your covering. See, we love a good story, right? So as you read the story, I'm sure it's not lost on many of you how much drama it has to be wrapped up inside of this. There's so much drama in the word of God. There, uh, you know, the more salacious the story, the more that we really like to get wrapped up in it. And so as you read in the old in the Old Testament, Unfortunately, you read a whole lot of, of just bad decisions. Now, Israel goes astray and does some just horrific things, all because they saw the other kingdoms around them doing it. And so when we think about it and look at it like this, let's look at Hosea in particular. God tells Hosea to go and find a promiscuous woman. Now, it's believed by some scholars that Hosea was not just some, uh, was, was a man uh, of God. And, and, and there's a, there is possibility that he had made even known of, of being with a woman before. And so what does God tell him to do? Go find a woman that a whole lot of people <laughs> have been with, a whole lot of people know about, um, and, and a promiscuous woman, a prostitute. Mm. How much drama had to be in that? How, much, how many people knew who Hosea was? And how many people knew who Gomer was and to see them together, possibly, uh, you know, spending time together, going to the market. And then they have children. Imagine what was said to them, what whispers were said about them. Look at this contrast between a man after a man of that that loves God and serves God and a woman who serves mankind, serves man. Mm. And so to think about this, there had to be so much appalled. Imagine if this happened in the church, y'all. Imagine if there was a, a, a pastor, a minister, a deacon that goes and, and marries a, a, a promiscuous person, a prostitute. And then they come up in the church and they're serving God together. Imagine what, was be, what would be said about that. So as Hosea marries Gomer, we have to understand that this is symbolic 
of something so much bigger. Hosea's marriage to Gomer symbolizes this covenant relationship that God has with mankind. Remember, I told you that word covenant was going to come back. This covenant relationship, God had said that he would be there for his children, that he loves his children, that he blesses children, that he blesses people. And so for Hosea to marry Gomer, a woman who, instead of being faithful to one man, was unfaithful and went and went around to everybody else. Isn't that what Israel did? That's what God was saying, that, that Israel was an adulterous woman. An adulterous woman. In other words, they went out and served whomever. Rather than uh, honoring the covenant relationship, the covenant that they had established, that, that God had established with them, instead of honoring that covenant in marriage to God, they went and did whatever it is that they wanted to do. They followed other idol gods. There's some major symbols to this marriage. Israel's out there doing whatever it is that they wanted to do. So they go out, instead of serving God, they go and serve these idol gods. And they break the commandments by serving these gods. And throughout the Old Testament, as, you, as we've talked about, Israel and even Judah did things their own way. God would not fight for them. God would let them go out there and, and they went and they did things in their own way. And so what happened whenever they broke the covenant relationship and they went and go to do things that they wanted to do and did things their own way, they went out uncovered. Battles after battles after battles. You can read about when Israel would go up against an enemy and they didn't go under the protection and the covering, honoring God and loving God and serving God, when they went and did it in their own way, they were massacred. They suffered tremendous losses, thousands and thousands of soldiers and women and children were killed and slaughtered. Why? Because they went uncovered. So as we look at this, through this marriage, a righteous man marries an unrighteous woman. A righteous man marries a woman who goes to do things her own way. A righteous God, a holy God, and a loving God wants to enter into a covenant relationship with somebody who has been adulterous, somebody who does not care about the relationship. And what is God trying to do is get their attention to say, hey, I still love you. Hey, I'm still married to you. I am the Lord and he is faithful to the covenant he makes. Oftentimes God will remind us, he said, but because of my servant, David, as you read in first Kings, he said in first Kings 11 and 32 and Isaiah 37 and 35, he'll say, but because of my servant, David, he remembers the covenant that he established with his people. And so he even says it in Jeremiah 33 uh, and 14, return faithless people 
declares the Lord, for I am your husband. I will choose you, one from a town and two from a clan, and bring you to Zion. When you allow God to use your life, when God uses you, when you allow God to use your life, you allow others to see what it means to be covered. Mm. That's amazing. It allows you, it, God, it will use you to allow other people to see what it means to be covered. Gomer and her promiscuous past, what happens when she's married to Hosea? She's covered. Us in our past, in our sins, how we've messed up over and over and over and again. What does it mean to be covered? It means that we are in relationship. We are married to God. And Jeremiah talks about it, that God has said he is married to the backslider. Mm. It means no matter what place that you've gotten into, you're covered. Y'all, listen, it, it, I, 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 there's somebody out there right now that I need you to understand this, that you're covered by God's love. When it means to cover somebody, when you cover somebody, when a husband covers his wife, whether it, in, in prayer, when a wife, when a mother covers her children in prayer, when a father covers his children in prayer, in prayer when a wife covers his, uh, uh, her, her, wife, her, her husband in, in love and in prayer, when this covering happens, y'all, it, it, Jesus, in First Peter, it says like this, above all, love each other deeply. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. His love covered our sins. To be in this covenant relationship means that we're covered. To be in this, this relationship, this covenant with God, means that we're covered. We're covered by his love. We're covered by his grace. And so when you go and you allow God to operate through you, to use you, to use your past, to use your actions, to use your words, to use every part of you, when you allow God to do that, other people will see what it means to be covered by God. Psalm 32 and one says it just like this. Blessed are the one whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered. How you allow God to use your life further illustrates this love story that we talked about. It illustrates the love story, the story about love. See, I don't know about you, but any events that have happened in this world, how there's been earthquakes and buildings that have just fallen over, sinkholes that have just opened up in the, in the earth, hurricanes and fires, tornadoes, mass shootings, the world needs to hear the story about love. So will you allow God to use you to tell that story? I wanna pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for blessing your people. Thank you, Father, that this word, Lord God, 
will not return to you void. And I believe, Father, Lord God, I pray, Father, that people will get out of their own way and allow themselves to be used by you. Because, Lord God, there are people that are sick and that are hurting. There are people that don't know who Jesus is. They don't know who you are, God. So then, God, raise us up. Get our attention, Father, and use us, Father, to help beacon and herald, Lord God, your word. That we not shut up. That we not sit down and be quiet. That we go in boldness that you use every part of us, whatever it is that you want to use in us, that, Lord God, your word go forth and your name be praised and glorified. And for each and every person that is listening, that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that you use me right now to herald and to and let them know that God loves them, that you love them, God. You love them unconditionally, that you died for them, Jesus, that you rose from them, God. I pray that hearts would change for you forever, that people would come back to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you, family. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Bishop Van Moody. For more information about Van Moody Ministries, please visit vanmoody.org. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed week.